Oh, they got okra with that? You know? Uh, well, that's because they live in Oklahoma. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what about saying. collard greens? Are those good? Collard greens are good. That's further south. Yeah, that's, uh, that's southern. They're good. You know. I I tried them once, and uh, my right. wife my wife made them, and she's a wonderful cook. Yeah. But those things were fucking horrible, bro. I <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> they all loved it. So don't get me uh, wrong. But it, oh, it, oak, uh, collard greens kind of reminds me of a um, like a slightly shittier version of spinach. Boiled spinach. Oh, is that right? Same kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's slightly different. The flavor's different, but it's it's similar in look and texture and feel, and the flavor's not like ho- like totally off, but it's it is different, you know. Yeah. But the texture's uh, like the same as yeah, like canned yeah, boiled canned spinach, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, my dad used uh, to make me eat that crap when I was a kid, and I fucking hated it. Well, on that note, on, t- on the note of. Um, Eating stuff, being forced to eat stuff you don't like. Uh, I'll go into the intro. Welcome everybody to the can where we discuss uh, prison culture and the impact it makes on you. And speaking of the food, uh, prison food, particularly the stuff you get in the cafeteria, has a really bad reputation. Um, is it is it nasty or is it just bland? I know I've heard both. Both. It's it's both. horrible. It's bland. It's it's shitty. They give you beans with every meal almost every day. Um, it's it's bad, bro. Let me put it this way: if it wasn't for commissary for canteen, you would probably like starve in there. I'm telling you. Well, <laughs> something a lot of people don't know. Yeah, something a lot of people don't know that uh, happened about I don't know seven, ten years ago, something like that, was uh, Michelle Obama made fucking. Uh, School lunches basically identical yeah. to what you get in the penitentiary. I, I mean, that. it's the exact same <laughs> fucking menu. And I had lunch at my kid's school before that happened, and right after it happened, and there was a big difference. Big difference. Well, oh, wow. here, here's something that people may not realize about the uh, the food in the prison. Um, have you ever has anyone heard of the company Aramark? I have yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Okay. Uh, well, Aramark does like food. Does um, you know? It's like it's a distribution. It, well, they, did, they, do, they do. Uniforms like, yeah, they do uniforms. Yeah, they do uniforms. They're they're like, kind of like a distribution company. Also, they distribute their stuff. Um, but they they do a lot of stuff with like schools and um, yeah. like uh, packaging. They do like packages. Like you, if you can order a package through um Aramark and have it sent somewhere with it's got stuff in it but anyway they purchased the rights they went in cahoots with the state of california prison system and they own the rights to the uh food that's in there the uh, the food that's actually being served for your breakfast lunch dinner meals which is real shit and once they purchased it the 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 um the uh, quality of the food went down, and the reason being is because they also have the rights to uh, all the commissary. They're who your packages and your commissary comes through is Aramark. So they started skimping and and serving you shittier shit, so you would spend more money um, on commissary. It's it, it, it's a total, uh, in my opinion, conflict of interest. Like it was discussed, but yeah, that's the type of stuff they do. I mean. The food well, is not that, great. That's the, that's the sort of thing that makes riots happen, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, uh, the yeah. quality of life is really all somebody inside's got, got you yep. know? Yep. I remember yeah. this guy saying that um, 
he worked in like a prison kitchen, and he actually saw maggots like on the meat. He's actually witnessed that. Oh, where they get the straight maggots off, yeah. Uh, I got something similar to that. Uh, not maggots or anything, but I remember one time I was working in a kitchen somewhere, and uh, I was I had to get make the turkey sandwiches for lunch, and so I went to get the turkey, and the shit was fucking green. And I'm looking at it like, what the fuck? And I go and I look at the box. I swear on everything. On the box, right there on the box, it was labeled not fit for human consumption. And I, I took it to uh, the head cook guy in there, the actual free staff, not another inmate. I'm like, hey, what's up with this, bro? Like, He, he looks at me and goes, no, you need, to, you need to make that and serve that. Uh, so they, could, they would risk giving everyone salmonella. Yeah, dude, they were, they, were, they were fucking buying, like, grade F meat and shit. Oof. That's exactly you know? what it is, yeah. <coughs> yeah. So basically... <laughs> to, to, say the least, uh, to say the least, that day I refused, and they fucking... <laughs> they sent me back to the to the mod, and then I got disciplinary action, and I lost 15 days of good time behind it. Uh, and then they just sent me back to work fucking, like, three days later. And uh, then they probably served the turkey, right? Oh, yeah. Someone served it. I guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, is, is it fair to say that the average prison meal doesn't even measure up to, like, a Hungry Man TV dinner? Oh, not not even. Even. oh no. The portions are so small, dude. Uh, it's like – it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, I want to say I, – I was lucky when I first got uh, – went in lockup. The, uh, the room I got had uh, – a bunch of crackers and and granola bars, but you know the little tiny granola bars they give you. I thought you meant yeah. white people. <laughs> now <laughs> saltines and uh, well, under the mattress. And after I was there for like a week and a half, through two and a half weeks, I started understanding why, dude. Because the portions they give you are just fucking minuscule. You're like, are you trying to feed feed a fucking five year old or an adult? You know. And and, right, there's, and if there's one there's one dude out of fifteen hundred inmates who can't eat salt because of like a heart problem, nobody can have salt, right? That's the rule. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They 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 can't. Yeah, they don't season the the food. So there's there's ways like if you want to add salt and flavor to your meal, like one of the things that we do is we bring the little flavor packet from our top ramens and we'll use that. Yeah. Um, there are some seasonings that you can actually buy. Uh, through through the package companies like salt and pepper yeah and your family can get can get you like, the commissary you get, you, yeah you can get garlic powder and she's like well no you can't get it at the commissary but see it's like there's two different things okay. okay so so when you're in there you got commissary which is your draw and okay so like once once a month you get to go to canteen which is a store and the last two digits of your number dictates when you go one through 33 is the first week you know 34 through 66 is the second week and 67 through 99 actually zero zero through 33 right and then uh, 60, uh, 67 through 99 um, is the third week and then there's no draw the fourth week that's when they restock refill shipment comes all that stuff uh, on top of that you're allowed to get one quarterly pack mind you this is all state of California well, oh, sent, to, sent to you Right, so your family, friends, whoever, you, me, and, and Joe Blow. there's specific distribution centers that you have to send that through. Yep. Like, you can't just, like, fucking yellow mail. You know, no. Hey, UPS now, guy, send us to San Quentin. That, now, that's when, not happening. No, it's not like that. Yeah, you, you, there's package companies that have catalogs, and you order out of the Certain catalog. things that you can and send. Then, 
they fill the package and mm. send it to you. Now, the way it used to be, like back in the day when my dad was in prison, back in like the 80s and shit, oh yeah, you packaged it. You'd go buy a big box. You're allowed to send them 40 pounds of stuff. It's still that way. You're allowed to get 40 pound, 40 pound box in your court, so you can order up to 40 pounds worth of shit, um, but it comes from these said companies. Um, but back then, no, you packed the box. You could... You know, I remember with with Nana and Papa packing boxes for my dad of of shit that he'd like. But I mean, people were smuggling stuff in that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially yeah. especially if you have like a sealer, you could open bags and reseal them. You could fucking open coffee things and seal yeah, it again. You know what I'm saying? And like, so people were totally smuggling people. shit in. Uh, real quick on the food, I just want you to uh, hear this number, just so you know. So the average uh, cost of per meal is a dollar twenty a day. Uh, well, you know. As first quality goes, no, 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 that's yeah, three yeah, yeah, meals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As first quality goes, I I think we should be fair and say that though, preparing meals for like hundreds of people, it's hard to to give a a quality performance for each one because they're all eating the same thing and it has to be produced at a, in a very short amount of time. So whereas at home you have all the time in the world and you can you know lovingly season it, well, you know it's just. You know, I mean, true. Uh, you're allowed. You got a lot more freedom when it comes to seasoning to make food better. Because once again, you have to cater to the masses when you're doing like that. Uh, and they're they're cooking more like along the lines of thousands usually because the kitchen cooks for the entire institution. Not just, like each yard yeah, will but... have like a thousand people on it. You know, prisons are big. You know, I mean, you usually got anywhere from like you know fifteen hundred to six thousand inmates at an institution around here. You know, in California. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but, but that's also only, eh, because you gotta remember Morgan, I was a catering chef for quite a long time and I've cooked for large quantities of people and I can make food taste good for everybody in the masses too. That's but, cool, yeah. but that's also because I have more freedom to season and do shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, it's kind of funny that we started today's topic with food, man, uh, because I brought up a whole bunch of my favorite jail snacks. Do you want to say something, Jason? Real yeah, I, I wanted to chime, I wanted to chime in on that. On uh, my end of, uh, end of the experience I had, uh, we pretty much made and produced everything that we ate where I was at. Uh, Wait, that's cool. What? I said that, that's cool. You know, that's that you were able to do it. Yeah. So, like, we made our own bread. Uh, we went really? deep sea fishing uh, a couple times a year. Caught, uh, you know, a few hundred pounds of fish. Oh, probably more than that. Uh, <clears throat> we had gardens where we grew everything <clears throat> and our food, like the primary like diet that we had was everything that we produced. And it was always one of us making it. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of take back. I, I learned from there was my, uh, love for the kitchen, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're like, Oh, well shit. I've got, 45, 65 people to feed, and I've got 50 pounds of rockfish, and I got four pounds of rice, you know, and then you're like, oh. That's almost some Gordon Ramsay shit right there. I'm picturing some lemon pepper fish with like some, uh, like, a, like a fucking fried rice or a rice pilaf, yeah. ooh, a rice pilaf, a nice rice pilaf with some fucking... Oh yeah, dude. Ray, you were at San Quentin. Uh, yeah. So, did they do they do a thing where if you're in the hole, they give you the leftovers from the day? It's like some kind of loaf they call no, it. Uh, no, 
No, they didn't do that there. No. I mean, I was I wasn't in the whole thing, but no, they they have to serve you. Uh, you get you get your meal portion. You get you get the same meal portion. Yeah. Every every inmate gets yeah. At, every inmate get. gets the same meal portion. You don't get more. You, you might get a little extra food if you work in the kitchen, but other than that, no, you get the same meal portion, the same meal everyone gets across the whole institution. Unless you well, have, even, unless you have dietary yeah. uh, uh, requirement, like like you know you're allergic to this or you're um, um, religious faith. You, like Muslims can't eat pork, so they don't get anything with pork in it. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So religious diets, you know. Uh, do they do, uh, do, they do that for the Jews too? Are there like is yeah, there like yeah, is yeah. there like a Jew block? No, no. Is there a Jew- Hebrew block? No, there's not a there's not a Hebrew block, but there are Hebrew and they get a co- their their meal is kosher. Everything is kosher. Oh, shit. Has to be. Yes, that's, yes. You know, yes. as much as being in the can fucking sucks. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, no, dude, I, I'm I'm telling you, bro. Separation from your family is the only part of it that really sucks. Other than that, being in prison is fucking awesome, dude. I'm glad I went to jail, and the only thing that I really miss is probably having regular, you know, dope all the time, getting drunk regularly, and I miss Lucy and Trinity. But other than that, I fucking love being in jail. <laughs> well, you know, Rick, Richard Speck, There's the so serial killer, he was in fuck, a prison man. where uh, Richard Speck, the serial killer, was in a prison where they were allowed to order pizzas. Like, if you had the money, yeah. it, prison didn't pay for it, of course, but if you could ha- gather the money together, they were ordering shit in. So Okay, so it, it didn't happen all the time, but while I was there... That was one of the things I helped coordinate with my boss. Well, he, it was his idea to start, so I just helped him coordinate it and, and get the paperwork going. I helped work and everything. But we did the pizza drive where inmates were allowed to order. So what it was is um, you had to pay – you paid extra. It was like 10 – it was Little Caesars, and it was like 10 bucks a, uh, a pizza, pepperoni, and then it was like 13 bucks – for like the uh, the one like, yeah, of five, and, yeah, and so what yeah. it was, and the reason was is because you you had to pay them, and then they made, or no, it was seven and ten, and that's what it was. Uh, and, and but anyway, you paid them, but then the prison made a small percentage off it also. You know what I'm saying? But then oh, you yeah. made, I mean, so so, but but that money. It didn't like go to like the cops. Like it goes back, like it goes to Damien Renault, the community resource manager, and that money goes back into the prison. Which I can't remember where we we spent it on um, setting up a couple programs. Uh, we got the art and healing program going, which I coordinated that while I was there. We'll get to that one day. That was a really fucking awesome group, arts and healing dude. Basically, we just did art and then sat around and talked about shit. And I'm really good at getting dudes to fucking open up and talk about shit, man. It was a really great class, which I won't talk about what was said in there because that's part of the steal. And that's why people knew it was cool to talk over there because I was serious. It's fucking something I said. If I, if I find out anybody talking about anything on this yard, dude, I'll fucking fire you up on the yard. And if I can't handle you, I got bigger homeboys than me that can. So – Shit in here stays secret. Men need to feel okay with talking. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and a lot of dudes opened up in there, but a lot, it was really cool. But anyway, um, uh, so that was it. So I mean, hundreds and hundreds of pizzas were ordered that one day. And so if you ordered, you know, and you were allowed, you were allowed to order, I think as many as you wanted, because I remember there were dudes that had stacks, man. But there was there was tons of leftover pizza too. I got like six pizzas given to me by the at the end because they were like, well, they're all paid for. It's like who knows why people didn't show up or just that and the other. So I went back to the fucking dorm with just like a stack of pizza people were box. like sending wow. pizzas and shit. They didn't yeah. even know they got a pizza. Yeah, exactly. Probably. And so it was cool. I went there. I gave uh, each like each of the races in the dorm. I gave each one of them a pizza just for diplomatic you know reasons. And then. Um, I had like, uh, like eight, you know, because you got remember, like you said, everything's segregated by race. And then there was like fucking, uh, I had like three pizzas left, no, four pizzas left, and there were like eight white dudes in there. 
um, fucking, I gave one to like a group, or I gave two, no, I had five pizzas, I gave like two to a group of them, I actually, yeah, I guess I had more than that, because I had, cause I gave two to them, and I gave one to these other three, and then my bunkie got a pizza, I gave my bunkie a whole pizza to himself, and did then, the Arian, um, did the Aryan Brotherhood, Aryan Brotherhood, did they get some pizza too? Uh, I mean, I imagine somewhere, they didn't get any of mine, I mean, <laughs> they didn't approach. They didn't approach me about it. Like I, I took it back to my dorm, and I fed, you know, inside my dorm. I fed my people. That's that's the thing. The way it is, like usually you feed your people. So like whatever dorm they were in, someone in there was feeding them, you know, or they got their own. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's the way it is. Like you take care. It's kind of like the way it should be. Uh, you can have a bigger government that oversees everything, but they should only be get involved when it's serious and it affects everybody. For the most part, your small cells. AKA your counties or cities, that's who should take care of everything for you. You know what I'm saying? You guys should handle yourselves and the big federal government, AKA, you know, the ones in charge or the, you know, the key holders of the yard, whoever they may be, which on my yard, the key holder of my yard was actually a dude from Napa. So, and I was the only other dude from Napa. So, you know, that was another reason why I didn't really have too many issues when I first got there. But then he, yeah, that was he, some shit that saved my ass too, dude. Yeah. There was like two other guys from Napa there and they were like, Oh, you're from Napa. But, okay. then, uh, but then he ended up getting caught up with some stuff and, and getting in trouble, and he got – like they went after – and the the guy who ended up taking over as the key holder was from Modesto, and he lived in the dorm directly above me. And him and I, we'd we, – for months now, we would – because they'd crack our doors, and we'd have to wait you know, to walk around to chow and him and I would stand outside and bullshit when he, and once he took over – it was pretty cool. Once he took over as the key holder, I had my office, man. He, he Key holders got special privileges – that the average inmate don't have. Like, they can kind of move around, come and go. That Dude, there are times where the warden will come out in the yard, and, like, you'll see the, the one representative from each race, and it's usually the key holder, will walk out, and they'll have, like, a powwow out in the middle of the yard while everyone's still locked down. Like, that happened when there was a big, like, uh, after one, there was two riots while I was there. After one riot, uh, before the second one kicked off, there was talks of a second one kicking off, and they squashed that by having that meeting. Um, but anyway, uh, he used to he used to come through the gate because my office was like out of off the prison yard into the foyer, like the warden's office was across the courtyard from my office. You know what I'm saying? I could see it through the window, and uh, I worked out with the free staff and shit. I, I mean, I walked around with a fucking filing folder and fucking like a clipboard and shit, and like helped run programs and get funding for things. You know, it was a really cool job. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but anyway. Uh, he would start coming over and sit in my office and have talks with me, and he would, you know, because when you become the key holder, you got a whole race of people, like uh, hundreds of people that you, you know, life or death shit can happen. You know, it it gets rough, and he always knew through what people have always told, like, hey, no, you can go talk to that Scoob guy, and he, he doesn't talk about what you talk about, man, and I don't. People know that, like, talk about anything, like. Stays with me, bud, and I'll give you my straight up advice. No, no, no bullshit about. It. I don't pull punches. I tell what I th I think, and so he respected that. So yeah, so then when he took the point of the whole thing was when he took over, him and I had a great rapport, and so that also helped me not have any issues, even though I wasn't like fucking hardcore running with the gang. I I walked my path. I stood on my own, but I I I got involved in some shit. I had to do a disciplinary on one guy with somebody else. You know, it's funny. Me and the UFC fighter guy. Uh, me and him had the same guy that I fought that one time. Him and I had to DP another guy together while I was there. So it's kind of funny, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Not double penetrating disciplinary. You fucking... Yeah. DP it, means yeah, disciplinary. It would definitely be useful to know a martial art when you're going to do time. So oh, yeah, probably kept, 
He probably fended off a lot of shit. You know? Oh yeah, no, that dude uh, Casey, that was his name. Fucking no, dude, he 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 kicked ass on every. There was this huge, huge black. And I don't mean fat. I mean like huge black dude. Uh, that. You know, he thought he was running the show. He pushed all the other races around. He acted like he's a big dick. Like he just he'd walk in, like take the remote, change the channel. What you gonna do? Well, then Casey got moved into the dorm, and he was trying to do that same shit. And Casey was like, "Hey, dude, all that thinking that you're the boss and you get to this is a dictatorship in here. All that shit goes out the window today." And uh, uh, and the dude tried to get him up with Casey. And fuck Casey beat his ass too. I swear to God. And I'm like, damn. And mind you, this this that. Like it all happened right at like shortly after fucking uh, um, or was it right before? It was right before I moved in. But everybody talked about it. And I met the big dude. The, the dude was huge, and I'm like, wait, Casey kicked that dude's fucking ass, and everyone's like, yeah, you in this black dude, um, trouble, drubs. He was like, yeah, yeah, Casey kicked fucking Parquet's ass, dude. I'm like, oh, because Parquet was a real nice, respectful guy when I got there. <laughs> yeah. well, last time, last time you guys got released from prison. What was the first meal you had, the first real food where you're like, I'm going to eat such and such and I'm going to, you know. This is going to sound super stupid. I had a grilled cheese sandwich, dude. Yeah, was it was yeah. it the best grilled cheese sandwich you ever had after all that experience? I can kind of taste it in my mouth right now, bro. I mean, oh, it was so fucking good. <laughs> Sourdough. <laughs> With uh, Sourdough, eh? <laughs> American and cheddar cheese. Nice. Uh, y'all make me hungry. If I remember correctly, I don't really remember too well. If I remember correctly, though, I believe it was um, burgers. Went out and got like a real fucking burger. Jacob took, and that night we had pizza. I think. Yeah. For dinner, but like when I first got out on the way home, we stopped at a restaurant. I went in and got like like a like a real fucking restaurant, and got fucking like those real burgers, you know, with fucking like steak fries and fucking the kind the kind of burger they serve you with like a fucking steak knife, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, so speaking of of uh, food related privileges, um, I was going to go into the general subject of you know reward based programs. Does do you think do incentives really help? inmates to motivate inmates to behave themselves or are they always just going to be criminals or what well i mean okay you know the definition of integrity is right or integrity truly is it's doing the right thing when nobody's looking yeah that's integrity okay and i gotta make some mac cheese i'm I'm still going to be listening but i'll be out of frame all right go ahead go ahead you can always you can always flip down and chime in if you want We, we know you're there um and uh, but anyway, so I mean, it boils down to that, you know. Either you have that or you don't, you know. And yeah. uh, the the um, incentives and motive—it's all motivation. It's all great motivation for you to not cause more trouble, to get out of the trouble you're in. But once you're out of trouble and you're no longer there, do you have the internal fortitude and integrity to continue to do the right thing, you know? Um, and that's what it boils down to. Uh, I do think that they really help. They help people stay good. They definitely do. They help motivate inmates to not cause trouble because, like when I was there, I was a I, I fucking I was a half timer, right? So I should have done three solid years, um, but I ended up getting thirty three percent 
you know, because that shit got passed while I was there. Half-timer nonviolent cases got dropped down to 33%. But if you caused any trouble, you lose that. You know what I'm saying? So I got like eight months knocked off my sentence. So I instantly okay. was like, well, shit, dude. If I cause shit now, I'm going to gain eight more months. That's an entire year county prison sentence. Like, or year county sentence, not prison, but year county jail sentence. Like, if you do a year in county, you do eight months. You actually – Somewhere between there and nine. It's around 244 days. But anyway, um, fuck, sick how I know that, right? Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so so in that instance, yeah, totally, you know. But once you're not in trouble, you're not being supervised, you're not, you know, risking anything really other than potential cost of being caught. Will you stay good when once you know, you know what I'm saying? Like once you're out of being grounded, are you are you good forever? And no, and and once it, it, it really boils down to, for the most part, unless we decide we're just tired of doing certain things, uh, people aren't going to change. Just like drug addicts, alcoholics, hookers, fucking porn addicts, porn stars, fucking people who there's, who, nothing, there's nothing wrong with being a porn addict. No, people people <laughs> who over you know people who overeat, gluttony, things, unless you actually don't want to do that shit anymore. Nothing's going to change. The only way that we can fix that type of behavior, the only way we can stop, uh, um, you know, so many people going to prisons and shit and recidivism rate is we got to nip it in the bud before it begins. We got to fix yeah. the children. We got to save the kids. This one's for the You know what I'm saying? And that goes right back to something me and Jason were just talking about on the last episode. Something we talked about on the last episode of Straight from the Can. Well, Jason, I yeah. discussed it on Fact You. It's a thing that I've discussed uh, adamantly many times. It was in my sociology paper for my final stroke. And it's the lack of fathers. It's the fatherlessness, absentee fathers. It's, it's so many kids, boys and girls, are, don't have a good, strong, positive male role model to help guide them through the most influential, most important years of their life, which is puberty through young adulthood. And without that, we're, we're fucked. Like without good dads, good male role models helping guide you, helping you so you don't have to just figure it out. You can actually have a, a starting point of where you should go from. Without that, nothing's going to get fixed. Everyone, people are going to keep going back to jail and prison. Um, maybe I should read those statistics that I just read to you earlier, huh, Jason? To Morgan. I well, you know, I'm, I think of, I yeah, think maybe yeah, fathers. I think, I, think, I think this is a good place to put those in. As a matter of fact, yeah. So do I. Here, I got I think, something. You know, Go ahead, bud. Well, I think like maybe fathers are more comfortable not being your children's friend. You know, uh, they can accept their child's going to be pissed off because they can't do whatever they want. But right. maybe that's harder for mothers to live with. Yeah. But with well, that, well, that's the, a lot know, of things. You know, single mothers they want to be their f kid's friend, you know, because for whatever reason, you know, well, you know, women tend to they're emotional creatures. They 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 their whole thought process begins from a completely different part of the brain than men. They they start from that, that's uh, hundred percent true. They start from I, I want to say it's the limbics. It's where your emotions and um, Things like that start from where men's thought process begins in the frontal cortex, which is where your rational 
thought and logic begins. So we begin thoughts with logic and rationale, where women begin all thoughts with emotions and feelings. And that you can see it in the way that we speak in generally, you know. But anyway, here, so uh, I just got done doing my final in my sociology paper, and I, I, I told you guys last week what my topic basically was, was, you know, deviant behavior and how it relates to the epidemic of lack of fathers and how the government incentivizes single motherhood through the welfare program. Well, uh, throughout this paper, it's a big seven-page paper. I, I went off on this thing, bro. I won't read it all to you guys, but um, there's just – I wrote this paragraph right here, and basically I'm just – I'm just throwing out statistics I got from some some of these sites um, in this one uh, fucking article written by this person on this um, fucking – what was it called? Uh, fucking Ron uh, – Jeremy? Yeah, no. Ron, Ron, <laughs> uh, Ron B. Palmer's oh, guy McDonald's. who wrote it. But it's uh, <laughs> it was from family uh, fixfamilycourts.com. So it's a court. This is fucking a law site, okay? And um, here we go. Let me just read this paragraph to you. So two-thirds of all children murdered are murdered by their mothers. Girls raised without fathers are more sexually uh, promiscuous and more than likely – to end up in divorce, seventy percent of teen and end births. Up pregnant in their teens, true, I, I'm, I'm getting to all that. Listen, seventy percent of teen births occur to girls in single mother homes. Seventy percent of high school dropouts. Seventy percent of teen suicides. Seventy percent of runaways, juvenile delinquents, and child murderers all come from single mother homes. Sixty-three percent of youth suicides. Seventy percent of teen pregnancies. Seventy-one percent of adolescent substance abuse. Eighty percent. Eighty percent of all prison inmates. 90% of all homeless and runaway children come from single mother homes. Children brought up in single mother homes are five times more likely to commit suicide, nine times more likely to drop out of high school, 10 times more likely to be sexually assaulted, 10 times more likely to, to abuse chemical substances, 14 more times likely to commit rape, 14 more times likely to commit rape. 20 times more likely to end up in prison and 32 more times likely to run away from home than yep. children who are raised in two parent homes. One, you yeah, know, it's like I, male it's and like female. I have this, I have this like kind of mixed feeling about this. Like on one hand, it's kind of lame to blame the fact that you didn't have a father around for all your mistakes. But on the other hand, I am kind of a statistic in that regard. Like many yep. of the things you just mentioned. Uh, uh, that happens. Yeah. So, 100% true, and it is true. You know, without yeah. like I, my shit is so. I've had such a hard time taking. It's taking me so much longer to get a good, solid rationale on things because I didn't have that. But there does come a point where we can't, we have to stop blaming that. You know, like you can blame that in your teens and maybe early twenties, but after like 25, 28, especially yeah, thirty, yeah. there comes a time where it's no longer their fault anymore. We've had ten solid years as an adult. You know, now it's my. It's my fault for the shit that I've done, especially after 30. You know what I'm saying? And uh, But I do get it, you know, because without my dad present, without a male figure, I didn't – I had to figure it out. I didn't know what I was doing. I made the shit up as I go, and unfortunately, I made a lot of the wrong choices, you know, because I didn't, I didn't have that solid starting point to begin from, to, you know, so I just – you know? Like and if I were performing out. some kind of sh- – if ever like performing some kind of show for like inmates in prison, like maybe like a stand but comedy show or spoken word, a and show. I ask for a show of hands, like um, I would ask for a show of hands. How many how many of you grew up without a father? I think like 
there be like probably more, way over the fifty percent. Eighty percent. I just, I just said eighty yeah. percent of all people who end up yeah. in prison grew up without fathers. And yeah. That's true. Because that's true. You need the, you need a, a, a healthy authority figure in your youth to teach you how to, to uh, how to live, yep. and you know, you need, you need to be taught to respect authority. You will respect my authority. And most kids these days are not taught that. So nope, they're definitely in jail. And and some and some cultures are much worse at that than others too. You know. Yeah, that's well, especially Western cultures. Well, Fucking kids I mean, are telling their parents to fuck off and time well, out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, time, out, time out, mister. Well, it's, yeah, well that's, that goes right back to the fact that kids don't have anything to be afraid of anymore. Like, you can't spank your kids. You can't discipline them, you know? Sending your kid to your to their room where all their toys are isn't punishment. It's not. Having them do or a the timeout, making a kid stand in the corner for three minutes isn't a punishment you know losing all your shit that's sort of a punishment getting your ass spanked that's a punishment that lets you know oh don't do that you know i'll get spanked you know the re one of the reasons why i didn't do shit uh, as a juvenile when i was younger and it wasn't until i was older that i really started getting in trouble was because i knew that if i fucked up and caused trouble my grandpa would beat my ass and that wasn't an exaggeration he would whoop the shit out of me he had a belt that was named mr mean you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. the same belt that he whooped my mom and aunts and uncles' asses with when they were kids, and he'd whoop our ass. That was a generational belt, Mr. Mean. And he fucking, that was a big old thick leather belt. And I'll let you know, you get spanked with Mr. Mean once, you knew. Like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that again. Well, it's like either that or get disciplined in jail, and that's much worse than getting the belt. So. Oh, yes, it is, because that's done with fucking fists and shit, you know? And uh, that leads me actually to my next topic, um, the depiction of prison in fictitious media, TV, film. Um, you know, it's often not very realistic, like... As much as I love Trailer Park Boys, I I don't think jails usually like that. Uh, where it's like don't be don't be just in jail, right? Where they're like, oh, it's a blast at Christmas time. We get drunk well, and high. Well, I mean, I'm sure inmates do find ways to do that, but not in the way that it's depicted on Trailer Park Boys. Well, no, it's not open, and the cops are a part of it. But jail and prison isn't all bad. Jail sucks way more than prison. I'm not gonna lie, because you're locked inside. But in prison, you're outside a lot. Like, there is a lot to do. There's a lot of fun. Like, man, I used to go play horseshoes every fucking uh, Monday night after um, after the program we went to. Me and four guys would go to the back to the yard because there was an hour and a half a yard late night Monday nights, and uh, we'd go play horseshoes and shit, man. Like, jail isn't all bad. Prison isn't, especially prison. Like, so I'm saying, it's not all bad. A lot of times, you are just hanging out with your friends, having a good old time, getting drunk and high, and fucking 
eating spread, which, mind you, yes, I'm eating a jailhouse spread right now. Oh, yeah. Um, well, this is the top ramen, or it's a cup of noodles, but it's got some Cheetos, Doritos, and pork rinds mixed up in there with some hot sauce and some mustard and a tuna pouch. Good stuff. But anyway. Tuna uh, pouch. Right? Um, you could tuna so it's not. I mean, you can never tuna pouch. Right? But like well, I said, uh, go ahead. Well, I know a very gritty portrayal was in the movie American History X. I don't know. Is it that harsh? Did you find it? No. No, I sure didn't. <laughs> um, not, le- not unless you think you're like in the middle of a war or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, and, and that doesn't okay. happen very often. I don't know anyone who's ever been annually raped in there, for starters. Now, I know it happens. I know that people have anal sex. I know that very few white people actually uh, partake in that because if you got found, if we found out, we don't allow homosexuality among the white race in there. It's just, it's not, you, you have you have to go to the PC yard if you're a homosexual and you're white. Um, or if, at least if you're openly out. Like, or, and, I mean, and that's not necessarily true. I guess you can be, but if you're caught doing anything while you're there, you know, because I've met a few that I'm pretty sure were gay. Um, but they other the races, yeah, other other races are, are more open with it. You know, some some races, you know, will totally partake in it, and they don't even think they're gay. You know, um, so, uh, what what movie or TV show have you seen where you saw? prison being depicted and it's and you thought wow they that's pretty realistic they got they just about got it right uh none, the, none. none. No, there's a movie called felon um i'm trying to remember what's his name that's in it um i don't know uh hold on um no, not felony. Felon. That's what felon. Um, Stephen Dorff. Yeah, and um, and Val Kilmer. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, felon. That it, it's about um, it's about when they were having the uh, the the underground fight shit going on in Corcoran, uh, which happened just before I was there. I was in Corcoran, but I wasn't there during that. Uh, that was a pretty realistic fucking movie of what it's like in there. And then there's another one that just came out. Uh, I want to say, um, shot caller. Uh, yeah, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. That's it. Shot caller, and it stars uh, Nic- Nicola Coaster, whatever he played. Um, um, he played uh, Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, the 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 Kingslayer, the guy who cut off his hand, the one who was banging his sister. Yeah, uh, but he plays this guy who goes to prison and ends up becoming a shot caller while he was there. That was a pretty good, accurate, pretty pretty good movie. Um, you know, it's like you see things like Oz, where everyone's just fucking each other in the ass and shit all day long, and <laughs> it's it, as as sick. Oz was a great show, and I loved it. It I, is. I, yeah, I, I, I loved still it. like I've seen it. The, I've seen the whole thing twice. Yeah, I've yeah, the DVD. Yeah. Um, but it's not well. You know really the, the, like the guy, who, the guy who created it and wrote it. He's never done time. It's just his conception of it. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's like it's almost like a fairy tale about prison. I remember when that show first came out, and I was like, they had that, uh, they had that one dude with the fucking hat, and I was like, 
<laughs> the little hat. Adam B.C. Yeah, yeah. Adam B.C. The African yeah. 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 And I was oh, yeah. like, that's so theatrical. But, yeah. like, the yeah. the behind-the-scenes well, interactions kind of like him, that that show portrayed was semi-accurate, you know? I mean, like... How the, how the fuck did he get hold of a curtain and have the privilege of keeping it drawn? Like, seriously, in real life, yeah, real no. persons, you'd uh, never get... Uh, let's put it this way. We make curtains. They're called privacy curtains. We make curtains, and we hang, like, with sheets and stuff, and you'll hang them around your rack, and fucking... That way, you're just... You know, because especially when you're in a dorm area. Now, if you got a cell, it's a little different. You got a little more privacy. But if you're in a dorm area, you got no privacy whatsoever. And um, so, like, you know, if you're trying to read a book or you're trying to go to sleep or whatever, like, there's lights, there's noise, there's things. So you, but but if the cops come through there for a sweep, oh, they rip them all down because you're technically not supposed to have them. No, that's and you're, that's because uh, they're supposed to be able to see you at all times. Matter of fact, they keep the lights on. Matter of fact, at late night when they're going around, uh, if you have your face covered, like you can cover your eyes, but you can't cover like your face. You can't be completely hidden. Uh, even in jail, they'll wake you up. They'll bang on your bed or on your your window of your door or the bars or whatever wherever you're at to see that you move. Like they have to be able to see your face, um, or they can't count you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We used to uh, we used to take beanies. We get oversized beanies, but yeah, cut it right at the nose, pull them down to the top of your nose, and then just tie it with a rubber band, super tight, so it stays there, just so we wouldn't see the lights that they have on all night, man. Because it's it's worse than a nightlight, bro. It's this like is everywhere. This is what, I, this is what I sleep with every night, still to this day. God, wow. Yeah. I'm, I can't just, sleep with sh- without shit over my eyes. I actually got a face a sleep mask that I wear took, sometimes too. It took me a while to get over it. Yeah. I still, yeah, I have to. Well, I mean, in a place like the hall, as they call it in San Quentin, where it's basically a gymnasium with, no, that, with a bunch called, of bunk beds. It's called the gym. It's not called the hall. It's called the gym. Oh, they just called the gym. Oh, okay. It's called the gym. I'm doing. Yeah. I'm producing an episode of my podcast about, and it's based on this. This guy was an inmate in San Quentin. He was in that place at first, and uh, the Aryan Brotherhood had a huge presence in that room. And uh, they, they they raped him. They forced him to become the property of the leader. Like this guy had like one of the classic horrific prison experiences. It sounds and, like uh, it sounds like he was a sex offender. That's the only way I could see something like that happening. No, it he, sounds he, to me uh, like he, he might he be arrested. embellishing his story a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. He was arrested. He was arrested for like DUI that resulted in five people dying, and though um, so he was later exonerated because the, the police didn't look at the evidence in the right way. But um, it's pretty hardcore what he described. Um, it's not a lot of the guys who do get inducted into the Aryan Brotherhood. They do it through rape, and you have to kill somebody. And that's how you do as it. They, that's as they say, blood in, you know, well, yeah, blood out means. I don't know about the rape part. I don't. I've never heard that amongst my circles. But to kill someone, yeah, that's definitely accurate. Did they? So did you see guys with swastikas on their foreheads? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know plenty of guys that got that. Because they, they got my dad's got the, Ary, the Aryan, the Aryan Brotherhood. It's a tiny part of the prison population, but they commit something like twenty percent of the murders 
that, you know, they commit a lot of murder. That's what I read anyway. Well, they command a lot of respect, you know, and uh, it's only gained certain ways when you're in a situation like that. So, not that I'm trying to defend them or anything. No, not at all. But, I mean, realistically, if you're, if you're thinking like, because you got to consider it's, it's the politics inside are like brutal, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you got to take in consideration, too, that anyone in there that that type of shit happens to who gets murdered or whatever, there is a reason why, you know? Yep. Murders don't just happen randomly. In there. Well, very few. Unless it's like a real psychotic, like serial killer type guy. Nobody wants to hurt anybody, you know? And also, you have to remember, it's kind of like, if I go out and do something right now in the name of cons- uh, right-wing conservatism, they'll blame it on Trump and MAGA. So anything a white guy does, they can, and probably in a lot of instances, push it back to the Aryan Brotherhood. They just say Aryan Brotherhood, you know, because he's white. Or white supremacist. So, white supremacist, yeah. right? You get yeah. what I'm saying? So well, being a white, being a white male is considered racist now. That's yeah. like that's a hate crime in and of itself. It's the only it, race apparently that is which, and can be. Which which is so freaking absurd because like the the definition of the word racist is judging somebody. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. You know? And also there's only one the, co- by their skin, not the content of their character. The only country in the world where the most of the population is white and does not accept immigrants and refugees is Russia. Other than that, all the white countries they've accept they've accepted people coming from other countries. Some have official multiculturalism policies, like Canada. Most of the countries that do not accept immigrants and refugees are places that are where the population are people of color. Yeah. All all those countries no, I, they I, don't. I, you know. No, no. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, in, in, sorry. Like, like, like Japan seems pretty evolved. But it's legal there to deny service to someone who's not Japanese. There's a lot of restaurants where they won't let you in if you're not Japanese, and they accept it. So we don't. There's that. That you think that rule exists here in Canada or in the United States? Can you imagine the flack you would get for for denying service to someone because of the race? The Chick Fil A guy just donated some money to some Christian organizations who are against gay marriage, and fucking they blew up at him. So, well, yeah. yeah, but like if what you're saying, I agree. I agree 100. Mm-hmm. percent But like, uh, I don't think there's something wrong with denying somebody if they're not a citizen or not supposed to be there. I agree with that too. But if they want to give your business money, I mean. On on, well, yeah, on, on, the, on the private scale, that's kind of a gray area. You know, I kind of see it both ways. But on as far as like a social scale or or plane is, you know, nobody should be that's not supposed to be here should be getting any freaking health benefits. Uh, they shouldn't be going to our penitentiaries. They should be getting deported immediately. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Did they they put a lot of illegal aliens in prison? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but here's the, here's the thing though, brother. Uh, once their sentence is over, they do get deported. 
uh, whether oh, it's from county or prison. They're, they're, well, picked I, up, they're picked up by ICE. No, they are. Trust me. I've seen it happen hundreds and hundreds of times. But the issue is, is it's so easy to come right back that they just come back. I, I've had this conversation with illegals in jail, you know, in prison. Like, oh, yeah, they, I'll be back next oh, yeah, week. No, within a week. Within a week. They're oh, yeah, I'll be back within a week. No worries. <laughs> yeah, I go back. I'll be back in a week. Everyone Actually, and, you, and when you're in prison, not just with illegal aliens, but don't you constantly see the same guys coming back over and oh, yeah. over again? Recidivism. Yeah, 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 so long. I'll see you, you know, in a month or something. Yeah. Do you know what recidivism is, Randy? I don't have a clue, Mr. Lady. That's when people go back to jail over and over and over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The shortest, oh, I, yeah. Ever, the shortest I ever made it was, uh, I want to say, I feel, like, like it, I feel like it was a day or two. Uh, but the shortest I ever heard of, there was a guy who was only out for two hours. Two hours? Yeah. What the fuck did he do to get back in? Well, he Why left. The, he, he left there. <laughs> he, well, he, no, he left the county jail. He went. He didn't. He didn't go back to prison in two hours. It takes time to do all that. But he went, He left jail and was back in jail within two hours. And what it was is he left there. He went straight. It was like two blocks up is the liquor store. He went straight up to the liquor store. Got fucking hammered, and then was stumbling. Oh, yeah. And then was stumbling around like back by like right by the jail. And they they, they like cops came outside to like I don't know get in his car, smoke cigarette, whatever. and and there's a guy they just released, and he's fucking hammered all. Yeah, and, and then so, there are guys. There are guys. Maybe that who was were, me. <laughs> could have been. Nah, there are guys who are either nah, guys who are either members members of um, gangs or organized crime families. The challenging thing for them is that they're not when they're on probation or parole. They're not allowed to consort with known criminals. <laughs> their friends, all their friends, are criminals. It's hard for them to avoid it, you know. No, no, that's true. Um, that's been terms of uh, my parole. It's been terms of my probation. Can't consort with known felons. It was once a term of my probation. I couldn't even go to the skate park in Napa. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. I've had it yeah. on my probation. Like I couldn't talk to any of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Can't uh, uh, not even what would you say, Morgan? Uh, known, known uh, criminals. criminals known, yeah, you know, mine was worded like known cohorts, which included anybody that I ever hung out with. Well, look, every every American I've known has either been inside or known someone has been inside. That's what she said. Some of the highest incarceration rates in the world are in America. Oh, so yeah. that. They certainly make it hard for people not to associate with known criminals, even if you know they just did it in the past. But dude, I dude, I told him I was like, dude, that's over half my family. <laughs> your your yeah. father, yeah. Well, you know, no. you're telling me I can't I can't go home. Like <laughs> the way they do it, though, it, it, it kind of like overkills the whole the whole uh, term terminology you know uh, known criminals you know this is supposed to be the land of the free well yeah. except for except for in morgan's case i'm just giving you a hard time but uh but uh, i mean well actually that was a, that was a canada joke yeah, but. no no but that, that's my point though exactly is that like we have so many stupid laws and regulations uh our canadian friends over here like yeah, that's fucked up. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it should be the opposite. That's fucked up. Well, one idea, one idea I shared with Ray once is like prisons should, in places where weed is legal, of course, should allow um, indica-dominant edibles to be consumed in the prison because that, that could 
probably reduce the levels of violence, right? Well, I, if if I, you're stoned on that, if you're stoned, you know, are those like gummies or something? Or what are those? Oh, those are peanut butter, uh, oatmeal, peanut butter. chocolate chip, mini cookies. Uh, yeah, something like that. Big something pizza. like that. I've had every, some hash for those. Something like that. If everybody's, the, uh, mellowed, yeah. if everybody's mellowed out on Indica, uh, are they going to get into a fight? Could you get into a fight on those edibles? I mean, I could. I, I, function on, I function on all functional. Well, function yeah, that's because you like to rumble. So yeah, yeah, and I do like to rumble. Uh, but no, you're right. And for those who don't know, Etica, or Indicas um, are much more of a knock your dick in the dirt kind of high, where Sativas are much more of an uplifting, energetic, creativity type of high. And yeah, so yeah. Um, usually, what the 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 consistent smoker will say: Sativa in the morning, Indica in the evening. But me, I'm whatever, bro. I don't give a shit. I'll do it all right now. Let's rock, dude. When I go to the dispensary, they always ask me, uh, they're like, oh, do you want a sativa or an indica or a hybrid? I'm like, I want to, I want whatever's going to give me the highest. Yeah, I go, I yeah. go, what's got the most THC? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> what's got the best technomes on it, you know? It's right? Just, yeah. Like when I you know when I go into the liquor store, I'm like, okay, what's got the highest alcohol content? Okay, yeah, you, <laughs> the shit that just says drinking alcohol. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be cool if some doctors were to examine Ray's genetic, uh, you know, his genes and find out what is it, what is it that enables him to pound his immune system with all this liquor dude, and shit and dude. still. I mean, for, you walk, you're for, walking tall, you know. For decades, well, bro. Go ahead, Jason. You first. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, you know, it's because we don't have any of those freaking vaccines. It's got to be. It's got to be. You think so, yeah. Oh, no, I, I firmly believe that one of the worst inventions for the average person now to use this in hospitals or, like, uh, the kitchen, in, like, production kitchens – Okay. Other than that, this should have never gone to the public for general use, but it's antibacterial soap. No, you want bacterias. You need to get germs. You need to get in the dirt to build immunities to things, or else you're going to be a, a susceptible to sh normal shit, and it'll kill you. Antibacterial is a horrible. Don't you know well, yeah. should be letting their kids wash their hands with that shit? No, you know. Um, oh, and they totally pushed it. Oh yeah, you know. When COVID hit, I figured. Like India would like lose half of its population because uh -huh. there's, there's no price. It's such an overcrowded country. Oh, there's no way overcrowded, dude. I you know what? Same, I thought the same thing yeah. with the homeless population. Yeah, but but you know, India has this big problem with like public defecation. There's just literal shit everywhere. San Francisco is kind of the same the way these water. days. The water's just infected with all kinds of crap. So maybe that's why they didn't have really huge rates of. COVID deaths there. Their immune systems are strong. Same thing with the Mexicans. Mexico, hey. the water will give us diarrhea. But Homeless to them, people. Yeah. So uh, I've all, I've always had a really great immune system. No, and you're right, Morgan. Like I'm curious, too. Dude. I honestly think that uh, I've got the cure to like most colds and diseases and shit built in my DNA. Because like I don't get sick. I don't get Nicole, I can remember being 15 and my mom, my stepdad, both my brothers having thrown up everywhere, flu, and I'm walking around like the fucking quarantine plague doctor taking care of them. Never got sick. Maybe you, had, maybe you got some Neanderthal genes. Uh, maybe, dude. I, 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 I've been, I've been, you can ask my, you can ask my mom, dude. I've been sick handfuls of times in my life, and I don't mean like 
hungover, detoxing, self-induced sickness. I mean, you actually caught something. You know, like when I caught COVID, everyone else was feeling real shitty. Like I said, my back hurt and my legs hurt for like three days, and that was it, dude. And I was over it. But anyway, um, I'm I'm really and a buddy of ours, uh, uh, Jeremy Pinnegrass, he once said, "Scoop, I've seen you. I've personally seen you drink enough liquor to kill an elephant." I do. I, I I consume ridiculous quantities of it. And guess what? My liver's still you perfectly chug, fine. I saw you chug like no, fucking, I don't know what it was, whiskey or whatever. Yeah, it would have been, been a fifth too. Yeah, it would have been fifth. That's what I always get. Yeah, it was big fifth of whiskey. It was, yeah. You're like Ozzy. You see, you're like Ozzy Osbourne was once with a doctor and the doctor said, you should be dead. I don't understand yeah. how you could have done all those drugs and liquor and still be alive. And they found out Ozzy has some Neanderthal DNA. So maybe you have that too. When I say, go ahead, Jason. There's a popular meme out there that uh, there's a few different variations of the same meme that says uh, the younger me didn't think the older me would ever exist. Yeah. yeah. No. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I thought I'd be gone by 27 to 30, somewhere in that range, just by the way I party, dude, because that's me, just me us. That's and the, and the that's people the I roll, the people I roll ran yep. with, and and the shit that I did, dude. I didn't, I didn't think I'd see twenty seven. No. You know? I mean, when I say to you that there were days where I'd be hammering down, like chugging off gallons of, of booze, fucking smoking weed, doing coke and crank, and fucking Fuck. eating mushrooms, acid, you know, and ass uh, all in the same day, all in the <laughs> same day. You know, uh, I'm not. Yeah. Looking like uh, what's his face in that uh, movie? Remember uh, the comebacks, the spoof on the sports movie, where he's telling the kids, "You're supposed to be ball players. You should be doing bongs and drinking and eating drugs and fucking up." All the kids, all the kids were. Uh... You kids would have the gumption to do this on your own, but apparently, I'm gonna have to take you by the friggin' hand. You want a football game? Everybody knows that after you win a football game, you're supposed to consume alcohol at a dangerous rate. Ah, you should be popping ecstasy, man. Oh, yeah, and huffing some paint. What's the color? Good time. in right here so you guys will see it when you watch it but anyway um that's the way like it's that's not an exaggeration kevin will come on and he'll confirm the same that's the way it was for us man like we're garbage pale kids dude fucking i've smoked heroin i've never shot heroin but i've smoked it like dude fucking 
Opium. Like, opium. Uh, so much opium back in the fucking uh, early 2000s, dude. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the red opium that was around? Yeah, it shit looked like bark dust. Dude, it was, was so, so good. good. Oh, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. You know, some, like some like... men... <laughs> you know, some, some men have an extra Y chromosome. Maybe that's a possibility for you as Maybe. well. Because men have... Men are healthier than women, like because of yeah. our muscles. It's just we yeah. fight well, off things more. Yeah, well, they live longer though, <laughs> on average. Women because well, we wear ourselves out doing things. Yeah, with our that's muscles probably and true. All that jacking off. The especially, whole infrastructure of the country. Prison, especially yeah. when you're locked up in prison, there's a lot of fucking jacking off. That's well, what that's what the privacy curtains <laughs> for a lot too. Oh yeah, yeah. we we, we used to have, men, men. We used to have Jack Knight, dude. Everybody in the whole dorm would fucking. <laughs> Hit it right. at the same time. They used to fuck yeah. with the CO so hard, dude. It just, no, no tent popped or anything. Just full on out there. Just. Oh, speaking Whoa, of that's like a giant circle jerk, bud. It was, but we were all laying in our beds. But yeah, speaking it was. of speaking of privacy and COs, what one thing I'm curious about is that though prisons do have a lot of security cameras, they don't set them up everywhere. There are certain no. spots yeah. like oh, stairwell, dark spots, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so why, why do you think they they don't put them in certain locations? Do you think it's because of deals that some staff make with inmates, or what do you think sure. that's about? Well, I'm not, I'm not so sure about with the inmates and staff, but I think it's the, uh, well, the, the realization that, think that there needs to be a hierarchy. And in yeah. order to maintain uh, power... You know, there has to be a little bit of dark area. Because there was, there were no, there were no cameras in uh, that room I mentioned earlier in San Quentin. Oh yeah, the gymnasium. Yeah. No, there's no cameras. And, yet, and so they just left. Uh, on the only way that they would ever find out what was going on is if there was like a riot in there. Or Actually, something. I Other take that back. There are cameras in the gym now. There have been for some time. There have been in the gym now. So, yeah. so how long ago was this guy in there? Because he went in. He went in there. Um, was I think it was in 2001 or 2002, so it's quite a long time ago. So, well, I mean, the first right, time I, you did I was, time the first time I went there was 2011. Yeah, maybe things were a bit different back then. Yeah, it's you know. possible because there's two references this guy's made now that you've said that I've never heard used in San Quentin, and I've been there twice. You know. Yeah, so maybe they started calling the it, it called, maybe they called it the hall back then. Yeah, changed the terminology. You know, you know there were, yeah. But, but, but they he, he, well, he said they had a big problem with overcrowding at Sam Quentin oh, yeah. back then. I don't know if it's still a thing, but oh yeah, the, the gym was open when I was there, um, and that's 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 what it was for. It's overflow. See, there's such an intake of inmates going into the institution that okay, so you got Badger, Donner, uh, Carson and uh, West Block, and then Alpine was the PC section. So if you were protective custody, if you were, you know, a punk, a bitch, a rat, um, you know. So. Whatever, drop out, yeah, you know. Uh, by drop out, I mean drop out of gang, you know, something like that. Um, you go to you go there. But the rest of them were uh, regular inmate, and their, what is it, uh, 500 cells, uh, Two people, so a thousand people per, and San Quint or and West Block was twice as big. There's a Bayside and a Yardside, so they got two thousand in there. So you got two thousand, and then you got uh, Carson, Donner, Badger. 
so another three thousand. So five thousand um five thousand uh inmates in reception. And they and plus the uh the Alpine, right? <laughs> Which is PC. So there's another up to thousand. And there's still some to, such an influx coming in that they would overflow into the gym where they just had bunk beds set up in the gymnasium. And by gymnasium, like, yes, people, think of your high school gymnasium. It's, you know, that, that, that's what it is. And there's just bunk rows of bunk beds in there, kind of like you'd see in the old zombie movies where they set up at the gymnasium, the disaster relief center. Yeah, just like that. And they're all in. It's like the LAPD lockup in that movie Colors. Yes, just like it, bro. Hell, that reminds yeah, you know, yeah. funny that you said that. So, has anyone seen the movie uh, Blood In, Blood Out? Yeah, I haven't missed that one. No, is that about okay. the Aryan Brotherhood? No, no, no. It's more about uh, Mexico, but it's about gangs and prison and stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure they're Mexican. But anyway, uh, there's a scene where he's walking through the chow hall and he gets confronted kind of by some 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 gays and trannies and stuff in there. Well, here's something that's pretty awesome. I'll cut it in right here too. Uh, that's actually really San Quentin Chow Hall he's walking through. He's really – that, that's – oh, yeah, that's, he's, that's really on location. I've been there plenty. I've eaten pl- – I did nine months there the first time. Uh, it, no, no, no. Actually, I didn't do that. Actually, I didn't do that. I did, I did five and a half months the first time. I did not, nine months total. I did five and a half months the first time, and I did four months the second time, so a little over nine months total. Um, but – uh, you, and you'll see it. Watch. So when you guys see it, when he's walking, on the walls you'll see like murals. True story. Those murals right there were painted by one guy back in, I want to say the 70s or something like that. And they're made out of uh, coffee. It's all coffee and shoe polish. And it's the most intricate murals. And there's four of them, one on each side. There's uh, Well, there's three chow halls. And so there's two walls separating the three. And each side has a different mural on it. And they're one of those murals where everything is something moving into something else. Like it's a road that goes this way into a guy's mouth and there's like a tree growing out of the guy's head. And you, you know what I'm saying? It's like one of those Get things. into my mouth. Yeah, dude. And like there's there's this whole like California, like so it's this big weird mural like, and everything's like California. So it's all California related. Like so there's grapevines growing out of this into something, you know, and it's a trip. And they're so badass that now this is just a rumor I've heard from guys inside and CEOs who work there. I wasn't part of the deal being made, so I can't guarantee this one's accurate. Uh, but apparently, uh, they are badass, and the artwork's amazing. But apparently, this they're so badass and artwork's so amazing that the Smithsonian has already purchased the rights to them. So uh, for a million bucks per wall, and that way, so if San Quentin ever tears them down or gets rid of that or rebuilds that fucking kitchen or they, whatever, they get, that wall. they get those walls to go up in the Smithsonian. And yeah, the, the dude, it took him, uh, I think he started in the 60s, ended in the 70s, something like that, um, or started in the 70s, ended in the early 80s, but it took him like like fucking like several years to do all these these four walls, and he did them all, just one guy, and uh, they did his bad. But anyway, in that movie, that's the point. They're, those are totally really the walls. It's, it's pretty cool. So well, it's, it's, say you've got nothing but time in there, so you can dedicate yeah. yourself to yeah. the, Speaking of time, speaking of time, gentlemen, uh, I I got to be going soon. So oh yeah, yeah, I got one last topic. Uh, okay. Speaking of movies, speaking of depictions in television and film, they often depict the warden as this bully, this asshole, like in Shawshank, uh, that Stallone movie Lock Up. What are they like in real life? Are they are they like that? Are they vindictive? Do they bully inmates or? Uh, there isn't there isn't much bullying bullying going on by them anymore really um, are, uh, 
Raymond and I's experiences are a lot different to actually yeah. comment to the get together on that. Like I didn't have a warden. The guy in charge of the program I was at, he was an arrogant asshole. But I didn't have to deal yeah. with him. You know, yeah, they're, you know they're, what I mean? Like all the people that I had to deal with dealt with him. You know, uh, the, and I think it's probably the same in just about any institution because it was a, 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 a state-ran institution, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a, a lot of them, like I said, I, they're not like, you know, fucking throw you down. I mean, we'll, we'll throw you naked into a certain some cells if you're <laughs> being a dickhead. Like, that will happen, you know? But, uh... But like, you <laughs> with, know, with, with your question, Morgan, I imagined, like, uh... Uh, cool hand Luke. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, right. What we uh, have here is a failure to keep you in a From a legal standpoint, you're almost like a child in there, and that guy has so much power. So well, if he, he abuses that power, it can create tremendous problems for you. You right? are oh, property of the state. When you're right. sentenced, yeah. you no longer belong to you. You belong to them, and that is fact, whether you like they, it or not. They, they make you. Uh, they let you know that very, yeah. very, very yeah. clearly. And so, and so, what I was going to say was, is most of them are arrogant pricks, and they they will take your shit away, and they will punish you, and you will feel the wrath if you act out. But as long as you're acting cool, they usually don't exert their authority uh, too much. As long as you don't you know? give them a reason to fuck. Uh, them. I mean, sure, there's some dicks. That'll right. fuck with you, but if you don't fuck with them back, you're just like, oh, hey, Ma- matter of fact, yeah. Most wardens' perfect day is they don't even have to step foot on the yard. Yeah, they don't yeah, even have to see anyone. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So everything just runs smoothly. Like they 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 want us to just be a big cog. The inmates do their thing. The COs corral us, and we all fucking go back to our uh, houses at the end we of the day. F- we feed and, the cattle, and, and, then, and, then, and then it starts family. all over again the next. Exactly. You know? The warden has a lot of influence over whether you're released or not, right? Your parole. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, if you don't have their approval, you, you're not going to get out well, at that time? they can easily give you a negative recommendation, which realistically people are going to listen to. But what that's ultimately up to is the parole board and your counselor. You know, and usually the warden will go on, you know, the warden, I mean, you have to be like a major dick for the warden to come out and be like, no, usually they don't even get involved. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm tired of that fucking asshole. He's going to stay here for another six years. Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, if the warden hates you that much, you probably, he probably would have transferred your ass by now. Yeah, you right. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's the thing. All 32 institutions in California are all interconnected. They could, and, and you know, he probably, what they, what they will do is they'll transfer your ass and they'll transfer you to a, a place called Ironwood, you know, or something like that dude it's as far down south as you can get and it's out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the desert dude and it's fucking it's like down like past san diego like practically in mexico dude and fucking it's a shithole and i've never been there thank goodness but every person i've ever met ever who's been there or been through there say no you you do not want to go to ironwood it just fucking so i was in corcoran which is the middle of nothing outside the fences there's nothing but tumbleweeds and jackrabbits i'm dead serious and it's hot as shit i was there in the summer and even those guys were like no Uh, you don't i remember that shit yeah, yeah, remember that? Even they, even they were like, you don't want to go to fucking Ironwood, bro. Imagine being surrounded by the worst inmates in the system. That must have been pretty horrible for anyone who had to go to Ironwood. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I normal was, people got sent there. Like, normal inmates. Like, people, some people just got – that's where their counselor sent them. That's where their points added up to, and that's fucking where there was a bed available, you know? So, but – 
you know, but there's more than just Ironwood. There's a few other places that are just fucking shitholes that are fucked up and or the, the, the climate's shit. And uh, they will send you there if you piss them off to one of those places. You know, I, I, I actually did that. Ha- I had that happen to me, Morgan, uh, on my second or third day because uh, I'm a big dude. I've been the same size since I was like 14 or something. Uh, I've always had the same stature. You know, and uh, there was three other black dudes or three other big dudes when I went there, you know, and there was a a, a, a white dude, a black dude and a, a Portuguese dude that pretended like he was Mexican. And uh, they have a plexican. Yeah, they had, yeah, we had words, you know, they fucking I was new to the whole thing. So I, I just went with it. But yeah, you know, it does happen. It does happen. You know. Uh, How tall are you? I'm uh, seventy-five and a half inches, uh, six foot three and a half. That's quite. Yeah, that's quite tall. Yeah. You you and Scoob are about the same height, right? No, Scooby's like a foot shorter than me. <laughs> no, dude. Uh, I'm just about right around six one, maybe a smidge shorter than that. No, I think I'm shrinking a little bit. If you want to be honest, truth. I, think I, I'm am, to shrink I, I, I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I used to, I used to be just over, like j- almost six one and a half. Um, but the last time I went to the uh, the doctors and fucking, I was like, she was like, oh yeah, so you're just over six foot. And I'm like, wait, what? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, fuck. You tell me, I've lost almost an inch, like about an inch, inch and a half, damn near. And she was like, fuck. I guess so. Back, yeah, I guess back, back, back then, I was rolling about 250, 265 pounds. <laughs> uh, now I'm down to like 220, you know, so I'm a little bit leaner. But uh, I, I was uh, a lot larger than I am now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that note, uh, yeah. That's what she said. That's what she did. That's what she always uh, says. Right. <laughs> and no, I think we, you know, we've uh, we're at an hour and ten, so I think that's good. And uh, we had a great conversation as before. Yeah, sure, man. Good chat, everybody. All right. Now, uh, we we need a catchphrase for when we sign I, off. I got it right. It's right here, man. I, I said it last time. I'm about to hit it again as soon as you guys are done. I'll, I got you. The can is empty again, or time to empty don't, the can. Don't get busted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't get busted. I like That's that. That's right. Yeah. Don't get busted. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll Sorry, be joining sir. us. Don't get busted. You'll be joining us here in the can. Stay out of the can, man. Boom. That's it, bro. That's, that's the slide up. Don't get busted. You'll be joining us here in the can. Give me your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you want to eat your <laughs> cornbread? <laughs> you got in the top raw, man. You're going to try and steal from me, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, what you got on my soup? <laughs> <laughs> you remember my sister? <laughs> hey, those shoes look just about my size. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, boy. <laughs> I heard hey. you fought and it sounded just about the uh, right size. Uh, quick quick story and we'll end it here, okay? This is true because it's something I used to say too. So I was in Solano County, which is a tough county, 23 hour lockdown. I saw this kid coming in. Solano County is it's tough. hardcore. Yeah, dude, it's, it, dude I, I'm one of like three crackers in the box, bro. Yeah. And anyway, fucking here comes this little white kid, dude. And you can see he's scared as shit. I'm sitting looking at him and I'm like, they're going to put this kid in my cell, man. I kind of hope they do too. 
because I'm not going to fuck with them or whatever, but you know, I, I'm fucking them a little bit, but anyway, so, but I, I'm not going to like, punch <laughs> it's not my get down. I don't like bullies. So I don't bully. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you were, you were ready to be his friend, weren't you? Exactly. Yes. You know, you uh, made so, so anyway, he comes in, he was like the squirrel King. He yeah, was like, Oh, yeah. comes another fresh meat. You know? And he's like this, dude, bro. Like, as he did that. So anyway, and sure as shit, they do put it in my cell. And we're in there, we're chatting. You know, I, I break, I break the ice tension. I make him feel he's a little more comfortable. Is everything all right? So now we're getting up on our, you know, we're now we're hitting the racks, dude. Cause it's late, it's late night, dude. They came in late night anyway. So we're hitting the racks. We're getting ready to go to bed. Lights are out, and so we're laying there. And I just I wait a few seconds for it to get quiet. And then as I'm laying there, I go, Hey, you know, he's on the top bunk. I'm on the bottom. Hey, hey, boy, let me tell you <laughs> something. Tonight, you better sleep on your back, or I will. <laughs> and I swear to God, bro, you I, you could hear and feel the whole air around him just tense up, and all of a sudden he's like, "Wait, what?" I started cracking so up, laughing. I'm like, dude, don't worry, kid. I'm just fucking with you, bro. <laughs> um, I bet you he fucking slept one eye over that night, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Probably nearly passed out. Oh, I know. It's so fucking mean, bro. It's so funny. I said it, and I said it just like that. Hey, hey, hey boy, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, look, yeah, I look just like this, too, you know? All right. Well, oh, yeah. on that note, uh, I, would right, like, I would like to wish everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving. For uh, sure. Morgan, yeah. you have your Thanksgiving next week. Like, don't you guys have a Thanksgiving the week after us? Ours is in October. Yeah. Oh. But it, uh, so it's not so as meaningful. That's, that's very American of us to be late. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's not as meaningful to us as it is to Americans as well. Uh, yeah. we, but that's, that's a whole other yeah. show. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, Thanksgiving. Going to that next time. I appreciate your your guys' time. Uh, this was a really good show, you guys. For sure, for sure, Ray, for sure. Morgan. Yeah, thanks for right. all, all that good shit. Don't get busted. You'll be joining us here in the can. Don't get busted. Take care. <laughs> but I don't want to leave. Prison is the best.